Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the new episode of After Later. I'm your host, John Wessling. Joining me in just a second will be my new permanent co-host, my good friend, Tommy Drake. But quick, I just wanted to remind everybody to uh, follow us on Twitter. It's After Later, A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R, and of course, uh, find us on Facebook find after later thanks again for listening and uh, subscribe everywhere that you find podcasts especially on anchor.fm and thanks again to those of you who have chosen to support us with meager amounts of money i promise you they were used for food and fun and probably weed (laughs) ladies and gentlemen please welcome tommy drake i was planning on preparing for at least two hours for this and i've prepared for about a minute (laughs) (laughs) i've had i've had a busy uh a busy morning but i think i've got stuff under control now hey dude don't sweat it you know uh after later never really thrives on over preparation and execution it's about the vibe man (laughs) <laughs> all right let me shut that let me shut down stuff here that's making noise sorry about that oh don't well, worry good good i'm glad it's about i'm glad it's about the vibe my vibe is totally prepared excellent and and, and don't worry about background noise either because after later has never been a, a podcast that people go to to listen to audio recording excellence you know <laughs> i don't, I don't Remember, think you understand this is officially episode number two since i've been named co-host and mm-hmm. all, all ideas that you have about what after later is and isn't those need to go out the window <laughs> oh, those well, need to those need to get dismissed well hold on we did this didn't come up in the interview process if you're gonna if you're if you're if your <laughs> angle is more preparation and better audio tech we might have to rethink this idea. I was just that, I was that. just fired. I was just fired as co-host. <laughs> you had a good run. You had a real good run. Hey, can I get a uh, can I get a guest spot? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Okay. Just don't be a don't be a bitch about stuff though. That would help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, hey, I, I, t- I tell you, Tommy, you know, a lot of times we talk about mystical things, unexplained things, mysteries. Yeah, we talk and, about the future, the future and the past and the state of the universe. Yeah. Well, I have one that's been bugging me in my own family. Okay. I don't know what my kids or my wife do, but for some reason, they always, uh, the left screw on the toilet seat always comes loose. Hmm. Right, like looking down at the toilet, you know, there's the two screws right. to hold the, the seat on. The one on the left, on every toilet, starts to come loose. I, I I was trying to figure out: is this my own behavior? Am I somehow am I am I am I rocking the saddle when I'm shitting or something like that? But now, is this is in all the toilets? All the toilets, and not just this house, but our last house and the house before that. Okay, I, I have a couple of theories. uh first of all you've got some little kids that i don't believe have enough body weight or torque Mm -hmm. to do uh to do the damage so we're talking about you sarah or kinnison here right something that one of the three of you does loosens the left side well, uh, I don't think it's Sarah because it's not like this was a long-term problem that we had before kids or before the kids were big enough to, to torque a toilet. Right. Or maybe maybe it was her and yet she was crafty enough to, to, to cover her tracks, right? To, to tighten the screws after. Perhaps, perhaps. Or perhaps it's you and you just don't know what you're doing, maybe. Well, I've been like mindful of it. Like ever since then, like I, I try not to have a lot of lateral movement in my, in my limited toilet time. You know what I mean? Like I'm right. I'm like because you know. I, first off, I've got more on the line than these hoes do. You know, they can. <laughs> you do. You do. I don't. I don't want to. You know, that's my nightmare is to have you know your dick or your ball sack cut between the seat and the and the rim and have that rock off and and that just sounds like a horrible horrible accent. So I'm I'm scared to death of the dangle bit. So I hold. I keep my 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 shit together. Yeah. Huh. Well, huh. this is a this is interesting. Then this is interesting. 
Um, well, and I, I've, I've like, and here's the other thing too, is I've kind of said just in passing, hey, that's weird. This, the left screw is loose on this toilet. What are you guys, what's, what are you, and like, it was reacted to with first, like, dismissal, like, oh, I don't know. It's a, no, no big deal. It's a, I'm sure it's just whatever. Uh-huh. And then when I kind of pressed it, then it was like uh, defensive. Like, hey, whoa, what are you, what are you accusing us of, John? Mm. Oh, interesting. So it's a little bit suspicious, you know what I mean? I would, I would see if there's a wrench or a, or a screwdriver under under BB's pillow. Maybe she's doing it just to mess with you. Well, BB, my 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 eight year old, for those who don't know, uh, <laughs> she is by far and away the most uh, criminally inclined of my children. Right. Right. Like she great- just might be trying to set you off, you know, make you crazy by manually loosening it. She might, and she might have been doing this for years. Hmm. Well, I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of this one, but dear listener, if you have a theory on what might my family be doing to loosen the left nut on all of our toilet seats, uh, by all means, uh, hit us up on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Oh wait, I got one. I got one other theory. Okay. Uh, but it happens on multiple toilets, right? Yeah, that was see, that's what. Uh, that's sometimes what when people aren't around, little kids will climb up on things to get to higher things. You don't think your kids are going uh, uh, with their feet on the top of the toilet to get into a cabinet or anything, do you? Uh, strong theory. Uh, I, I could I could see how that would be possible, but. Uh, I've, my kids leave footprints and feet and handprints everywhere they go, and I've okay. seen if I've okay. seen no footprints on the toilet lid, or uh, and I don't think we have like I'm trying to think of the toilets we have if there's any kind of cabinets or anything above them that, that would they would go for. So I don't know. I I I don't think that's it. They, and they they get scolded pretty bad. Like like my wife is uh, uh, pretty uh, on the ball about. You must always leave the lid down because a child could go head first and drown in the toilet. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I can't. There's monsters that live down there, too. There's monsters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, it's we got a huge oak tree over our house that just sort of drops roaches all over our house. Yeah. Big old, big, thick boy tree roaches. So every now and then one of those gets in the house and. You know, it's a fun little hunting expedition to to kill the roach. Sure. And probably probably about a week ago, I I, I stomped on one, right? But I did uh-huh. I kind of stomped on it a little bit. But then I grabbed it with a little paper towel, so uh-huh. it was it was dead. And I take it to the toilet and I throw it in, and right as I flush, I see it move, like oh. it wasn't. So, but it's too late. It's already. So I, then I was I didn't use that downstairs toilet for a long time because I was afraid of <laughs> that. <laughs> You were afraid of seek revenge. Yeah, like it was going to crawl, crawl up, and just—I mean, just picture the, the, the idea of a skittering, half-stomped roach crawling across the bottom of your balls. Just horrible. I'm glad we—I'm glad I brought this up. I feel like that's I, traumatic. That's traumatic. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm still a little concerned about that bathroom. Well, I got I, I, only I like, standing use. I like something that you said. I like the idea that you want the listeners to give you their theories because most of the stuff that I want to talk about here, and I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to be tricky or deceptive about this. Mm-hmm. I realize that this is how people with podcasts or YouTube, ch- YouTube channels get regular listeners. Instead of researching stuff themselves, they talk about it and they ask people listening to do the research and present their own theories. So I think that's our plan is we want to get our listeners involved in the conversation. That's an excellent plan. And, and you know, uh, I hate to go back to what After Later is known for here because it's a new day. Yeah. But we're known not for answers, but no. for questions. Oh, right. <laughs> and we will pose more and more questions. <laughs> Absolutely. And there are bigger mysteries in the world than the left. Is it a screw or a nut on the toilet? Well, it's seat? both. It's a screw and a nut. A screw and a nut. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. I uh, feel compelled after we are done recording to check the left screws and nuts on all the toilet seats in my house. And I guess it would be the left if you're facing it. Stage right if you're sitting. <laughs> Gosh, stage right. House left, yeah. stage right. Right, yes. <laughs> but it's always that one. Okay, okay good to know. Okay. So sorry, I'm sorry. No, so, no, no. I, no I, I know you actually did some proper preparation because that's what new guys do. You know, yeah, I'm still that. I'm still that new. I'm still that new. That's episode two for you. 
Uh, yes. Now, we, we, you and I, we talk about a million things in our regular conversation. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the, the one that eats the most hours when we're on road trip is, is talking about like ancient aliens theories. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Because they're everything. Of course, of course. And I have I have some specific stuff along those lines that we could talk about. Do you want to talk about the other Sphinx or Gobekli Tepe? Ooh, ooh, this is a choose-your-own-adventure. This is a choose-your-own-adventure today. We'll okay. get to both of them. Well, uh, let's start with the other Sphinx. That sounds interesting. Okay, the other, the other Sphinx. Uh, I look at the Sphinx... And it looks to me like it is one of two, like it's guarding an entrance. That that design, I don't think you would just. I believe that there is a second sphinx. Here's the thing, though. Here's the question. Uh, Are they side by side facing the same direction? Are they face to face? Or are they ass to ass? Because I could see all three of those oh, designs. Yeah. And it's so massive that the other one could be, you know, uh, uh, yards away or miles away. I think it's a tragedy that most of the sand in Egypt hasn't been properly ex- excavated uh, for archaeological sites because I know there's so much more there. And one of the things that I am certain must be there is another sphinx and the interesting thing is the sphinx looks like the head part may have been recarved yeah and i think that perhaps the other one uh you know wasn't recarved i think perhaps they they were both built a long time ago they were both covered up by sand one of them was found during some later king's reign and remade to look like that king. That's this. These are my theories about the Sphinx. That's uh. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, first off, I want to congratulate and commend you on your proper pronunciation of the Sphinx. The Sphinx. <laughs> too too many people pronounce it Sphinx, like Michael Sphinx, <laughs> right? The boxer. <laughs> yeah, the boxer, and it's not. It's not because that. There, there you go. There's your other Sphinx. It's, you know, I can pronounce Sphinx, but I can't pronounce excavate. That's tough. <laughs> excavate. Excavate. <laughs> yeah, like a, like an escapade. Like we're having an excavation <laughs> escapade. That's that's now we're getting stupid. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of problems there, and, and I'll tell you what's interesting because you know I, I fancy myself a bit of an amateur Egyptologist. I know, I know. That's why I'm bringing this up, and this all wraps in with ancient aliens, of course. Of course. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a thing on uh, uh, not too long ago in an ancient aliens episode. Of course, you know, I catch them in pieces and parts as I wander about. You know, I don't really get undivided attention, get to lock in for the full hour or the hour and a half for special episodes. Those are special events. Uh, But I saw that when they were uh, examining the bottom, the foundation of the the Sphinx, the one that we know of. Yes. that it actually shows signs of water erosion. Yes, which, which makes am- it pre uh, the ice age. It would make it yeah. pre ice age. It would make it pre flood. It would. So it's way older than even the um, uh, the, the pyramids themselves. Yes. Right. Yes. Or it's like anything else. There's you know some of that ancient architecture stuff. They you know, someone, they just keep building stuff on top of old foundations, right? So who knows? Who knows what was there before? But anyway, it implies that it, it's old, it's different. And um, uh, yeah, you're right. About, I think your, your, your guess about the face is absolutely accurate. Uh, well, here, that, here, that they here. added a new face. They added an Egypty face or a Pharaoh face, style face to, to what was... I guess more than likely originally a cat, you'd think, right? I, I think it's Anubis, which is the which is the dog, the Egyptian dog god. Oh yeah. And Anubis uh is a is a protector god. So you would put like if if you and I were in ancient Egypt and we opened like a, a shop where we were selling necklaces, we would put two statues of Anubis at our front door, one at each side. And that would be that would mean that the dog god would protect our business, right? So I believe that initially this was one of two Anubises that were perhaps 
built to protect the sacred site of whatever it was before the pyramids were there, you know. Um, and then here's the interesting part. I think at some point they got covered up. And if they're, if they're pre-flood, it would have been during the flood and the ice age, right? And then one of them gets found when there is a new, one of the more modern Egyptian kings. He has it recarved to look like him. Right. And they might have found the other one, but they wouldn't have two giant images of the same king and they didn't want them to not match. So either they left it buried or they destroyed it. Well, what, I, yeah, see that, that last one I think is, is possibly uh, likely, right? Like uh, they would destroy stuff and repurpose it. I mean, if they can move those giant rocks from up and down the Nile to, to, to build uh, the pyramids, well, there you go. There's a, uh, we only want this one Sphinx. We don't need extra Sphinx. Well, there's a good Let's theory. Take... Then you, you use the blocks from the Sphinx that you don't rebuild to do the base of one of your pyramids, perhaps. Right, and then maybe they took like, oh, okay, hey, the the left paw on the Sphinx we like is kind of fucked up. Wait, well, you know what? That other one, it's it's got a good left paw. Let's take the left paw, replace that out. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? So they so used they, one for parts. <laughs> yeah, they, maybe they were both kind of fucked up. So they took the two, you know, outer parts and fixed up the one, put a new face on it, and then tore apart the foundation for the blocks on the other one. I mean that's entirely possible. I I I tell you, I when you were saying about all the sand, if they ever come up with sand penetrating radar, which is tough because sand is rock, so you don't I don't right. know if how much rock penetrating radar you can have. Right. Than, that would just be you know, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, oh, the sonar, right? I cannot even right, sonar. Right, right. The stuff they use for oil exploration, right? The right. seismic data that they they get. Uh, so that would be a bitch, but <laughs> I mean, I like that. I like your idea. And Hey, it, uh, the government of Egypt, if you're looking for some good infrastructure, public works to, you know, spur the economy, let's do, let's move some sand. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, let's get that shit out of the way and see what else you can discover down there. Well, let's start loading up sand and fuck it off somewhere. This is what a lot of people believe, and this is, you know, this is another good one to put out there for our listeners for their theories. A lot of people believe that the reason why there aren't more archaeological sites, why they aren't clearing more sand, is because they don't want to have to change the timeline that they've already established as far as the history is concerned. Right. And I think whenever something comes up like, oh, there's water damage on the Sphinx, well, then you have to change the timeline. And you don't just have to change that timeline. If, if we find anything built like that that's pre-flood, that's pre-Ice Age, it's also pre-the wheel. It's also pre-domesticated yeah. animals. And you know if you're building the Sphinx, you have a wheel and an axle, and you have domesticated animals. That I mean, that's technically, yeah, once you develop the wheel, and once you got an axe, and then once you got mm. a pet, the yeah. next step is to create a giant monument to them, right? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't have cable. They didn't have shit else to do. They're well, like, here's. Well, I got a cat and this weird cat dog thing, and I got an axe, and I found a round rock that I can roll shit on. So, I, I yeah, I, I I just think you know i i think when they say you know the wheel and axle is only so is only so old you know or or certain tools are only so old i'm like uh i don't know like i've even watched like i i i've had got to see your kids when they were little you know and you take a uh -huh. you take like one of your 2 year old humans you put them outside and a, a, a with a sandwich and a squirrel walks up to them <laughs> They're probably going to offer the squirrel some of the sandwich, right? Yeah, that's, probably, probably. That's how your that's how your kids are. Well, now you got a domesticated animal. You know, I don't I don't think you know it's a giant leap from feeding a squirrel to riding a horse. You know, not at all. I mean, and then yeah. and then there's no leap from riding a horse to having you know a bunch of oxen helping you build something. Yeah, yeah. That's that's human nature. Uh, befriend something, get it to be uh, dependent upon you for its life. And then you put that fucker to work. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know. That's and the animals, the animals that we're talking about, are good at making friends as well. They will befriend you, you know. Yeah. 
Like they're looking for a job. <laughs> they are. They are. Hey, they're man, what's up? Looking for a job. My name's Dan. I'm an ox. Um, I got a, well, no work. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you need any stumps pulled out of the mud or something. <laughs> I'm good at that. Uh, I can chew a cud all day, but I mean, that ain't paying nothing. <laughs> I'm also a pretty, I'm a pretty good amateur and graphic designer too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, you, I, I see you haven't developed those things yet. That's cool. That's cool. No, that's cool. That's cool. Until then, so. if you just want to whip the shit out of me for a while, that sounds great. <laughs> I feel well, bad. I, it, what if domesticated animals came about before the wheel? Those animals had to work so much harder than the ones that came about after the wheel. <laughs> because they just had to drag stuff. <laughs> I know. Oh, like the like those plow horses and shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and you know, they always say that we, we have no idea the the hidden intelligence of animals compared to us, right? Because they just oh, yeah. don't have the ability to communicate to us in a way that we can understand. So you can imagine some poor beast of burden. Oh. Who's, who just has a consciousness and high-powered brain trapped in there that can't really communicate. Just like, oh, I can't believe I've worked for this asshole that hasn't figured out the wheel yet. I bet, uh, I bet the wheel was invented by a plow horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that had to pull stuff before there was a wheel. And just nudge stuff around until, who, you know, until his owner figured it out. Yeah, like well, you know, like uh, uh, I don't, you, you know, you're a California guy. I don't know if you've you'd been on uh, farms too much, but when cows shit, uh, it creates a cow pen. Right? They, they drop it, bloom, and it oh, sits right. there like a big old sugar cookie. They're literally dropping circles. They're dropping wheels. <laughs> They're dropping wheels. They, <laughs> yeah, they can't help but show you how this is supposed like, to work, dude. How are you not? I keep telling you, look, it's right. Look, your kid's playing with it. It's dried out in the sun. Look at him rolling it. Put it together, Ugh. Well, that, that that that's the other thing too. Humans are going to try to move big rocks. They're going to try to move fallen trees. And if you try to move a big rock or a fallen tree, you're going to accidentally invent the wheel. Yeah, because you're going to be rolling stuff. You know. Yeah, and, and you know that old saying, "You can't reinvent the wheel." I don't believe that. I, f- I feel like that. I feel like that had to be reinvented a lot of times. Like there was a lot of prehistoric man who really thought they were fucking brilliant by figuring out the wheel, and someone else was like, "Yeah, dude, that was like twenty thousand years ago. We figured that out. You guys just now figured out the wheel." Yeah, well, and also, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I did a lot of hiking. You mentioned California. When mm-hmm. you go hiking, you step on stuff that rolls underneath your feet and yeah. you fall on your butt. And you only have to do that a couple times before you try to use that to your advantage, you know? Yep. So uh, I, you know, I've, I, I really, I really believe that the whole scientific timeline as far as uh, when certain things were invented needs to be regional. Yeah. You know, I think that we're, I, I think that we're pretty sure about when stuff was invented in China. <laughs> they yeah. have pretty good history, but I, you yep. know, I, 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 it doesn't mean that it wasn't already happening in South America, or it doesn't mean that the Mayans weren't already doing it, or this pre-Egyptian, pre-flood society didn't already have it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And it's not like now in the modern age with the internet and everybody's on the same date and doing the same shit using the same iPhones. It's, I mean let's be honest the silk road used to look like the evolutionary chart oh yeah you know oh yeah Europe, there was people in europe living in fucking mud huts you know stabbing stuff with a stick and then you go all the way over to china and they got fireworks and court systems and shit you yeah. know so yeah it, that, that's a good point man that's a good point all, all time is local yes yeah and you know if we have if we have language developing in a hundred different places all at once we probably have science developing in all those places all at once too. And we know the people developing language weren't communicating with each other because our planet tragically has like a hundred different languages that are, well, 90, I mean, we, we have a, we have a thousand different languages, but we have about 90 to a hundred that a lot of people speak, you know? Right. And that they, and that's the only language they speak. And they, you know, if we were, if we were all communicating when language was being developed, we'd have one language right now, but we weren't. 
Well, now we're going to tickle uh, some of our uh, semi-religious listeners because they'll go, "Oh, well, the Tower of Babel's, you know." Well, sure, yeah. Everyone God spoke gotta... one language, and but we were working together too much, and God said, "Cut that shit out," and made us all not understand each other. Cursed us all with a bunch of different languages. Yeah. Well, that'd have been tough. Can you imagine working on the Tower of Babel, and, and who knows, you're all speaking whatever, the the, the unified Earth language at the time. And then, poof, the ray comes. Can you imagine if you got, like, a bad draw and got stuck with, like, like pig Latin or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be horrible. You know? Well, you know, a lot of, you know, mo- most of the planet has, you know, one of the more popular English or Spanish as their second language. Oh. Just so that they can avoid being stuck with a language that doesn't get them, you know, sort of global attention. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'd Germ- like to think Germans that... a popular one. Chinese is a popular one. There's a lot of a lot of people whose first language isn't very popular worldwide that are exploring a second language. You know, you ever see the movie Looper? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love uh, that movie because it's got one of my favorite lines where the guy from the future is talking to the to the uh, uh, was well, supposed to be the young Bruce Willis, right? And he's studying French, and he's like, "Why are you learning French?" He's like, "I like French." He goes, "Kid." I'm from the future. You need to learn Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great line, man. It's, it's a great, a great line. line. I think it was Jeff Bridges. Yeah. That was a great line. Yeah. I'm from the future. Trust me. You need to learn Chinese. <laughs> well, here's, here, here's the thing is languages will gradually disappear. We have old languages. We have Latin. We have, you know, uh, and languages will gradually disappear as the planet gets smaller, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think language, I think spoken language will gradually disappear as well. In oh the distant, yeah. You, you've talked about this idea. That's kind in of in the distant, distant future. Yeah. And you don't, you don't hear any stories about aliens coming down and, and mumbling audible things to one another in a language that, that the people in front of them don't understand. You know, the aliens that have the tech to come here are always communicating telepathically always. Yeah, they're just completely. Yeah, they speak to each other in almost like a like fax machines. Yeah, right. It's just yeah. data transferring back and forth, which is so weird, right? And, and you, when you first told me about this idea, I remember it it blew my mind because I was like, you're like, when at some point the spoken word will become vulgar, like low class. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it'll be, like only it'll the be... poor and the un uh, the, the unevolved use their, you know antiquated voice box and making utterances it's so gross yeah you know i'll tell you what i'd compare it to right now if you're sitting on an airplane and you're on your phone and your sound is on and you're not wearing headphones you're being rude right because you're you're watching videos on your phone or something and other people can hear it that's that's considered rude in public you should put your headphones on right? right i think actually speaking out loud in public is going to be considered rude at some point I think that we will, we will head there because we're speaking less and less and it's the most influential way to communicate. And we can, here, here's another thing. Here's another way to provoke people that are listening to give their own opinions, you know, but here's, here's my issue with the tower of Babel. I want to talk about that for a minute. Okay. At some point, if, you know, if that story, uh, let's, let's, if that story is true, that's fine. God got upset, cursed with a bunch of different languages all at once. And it just happened all at once magically. That I can believe. Now, if we look at it in more of a evolution of language type of way, if language started in one place, at one point, kids had to somehow develop a language completely different than their parents. There had to have been a generation from the one language that decided to develop a completely different language and go off. I don't see how languages can branch out like that. I don't see kids not speaking the same language as whoever's raising them, you know? Hmm. You know, we see that, we see that accelerated uh, uh, now, like in the past, I would say 50, 60 years, you know, and I think mass media and, and common phrases and just sort of slang, like, dude, honestly, I can't understand half the shit. Uh, Kenny, the, my 14 year old says to her friends, that she speaks oh, for that sure. Gen, that language... Gen Z shorthand. Language evolves for sure. And I'm sure that there are things that you can't talk about. But if Kinnison was trying to, I don't know, buy a car from you, 
you would have enough like words to be able to make a transaction with your own daughter, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You just can't necessarily, you know, understand when she tells you about what happened to her today. She's got words in there that you don't use, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's different than a, than a generation developing a completely different language, you know? Yeah, that would be a separate thing. Yeah, I get that. That would be... That would be odd. <laughs> like, but, like all of a sudden, like, like if every every kid just started using that twin speak, right? That oh, yeah. Twins have, and so you're just like, I don't fucking, I don't know what kids are saying to each other, but, but, <laughs> but then they'd be able to th- communicate with you. Yeah, that's trippy, right? I, I, I think as culture accelerates, those things, language changes at a ridiculous pace. Well, I'll tell you, I think I got this from reading uh, uh, Stephen Baxter, who's this wonderful uh, science fiction uh, writer who's heavy on the science. But I think, um, you know, in his evolutional language, which I know a lot of people believe in, is uh, the teamwork started on the hunt, right? Right. Uh, you and I are part of the same clan, you know, maybe we're hanging out with a with a hundred other people that are that are walking around foraging, and every now and then somebody somebody kills a deer or, or a buffalo or something. And, and, uh, we all share the meat, you know? Right. And then, and then we see something bigger. Maybe it's uh maybe it's a water buffalo or an elephant or something like that. And we decide we can't take it, but four or five of us could, and that, and then we'll eat longer. That's when communication starts, right? So we go out and we start making hand signals. We start grunting. We start making noises. So we know as we bring down an elephant. And then we either get the clan or we drag the elephant to the clan. And then they're going to want to know how it happened and we're going to act it out. That's, that's what, the that's relay where, of the story. Yeah. That's where language started, right? That's where, that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of behavioral biologists believe that that language started, you know, but there, you know, there's a whole other train of thought that language started between the baby and the mother with human beings. And that, uh, oh, like that, deciphering the coups and the wants. Yeah, the cry, the cries and the coups and the wants, and you know, and the the relationship between the baby and the mother uh, needed to be verbal way back then. So it could be, you know, it could be a little a little bit of both, where that, where you know, it could be hunting stories, could be baby mother uh, relationship, could be any of that. And with that, here's my question for you. How many okay. years, how many generations does it take to get from, from that to, you know, a dictionary like, like we have with words for most things, you know? Uh, does that happen all in one generation? Does that happen in two or three generations? I mean, words are added gradually. You just talked about your daughter is adding words to English right now that uh-huh. you and I will never use. So we get that. <laughs> but I mean, I mean a workable language where you have words for everything in your world. I think it happens a lot faster than people think. You mentioned twin speak. I think a couple little kids in the same bedroom with no outside influences would develop a pretty language. They would certainly have words for everything in their world. You know, they'd have words for right. each other. They'd have words for for the room that have words within, within a couple of years, I think. Well, like the Inuits have, you know, 80 different words for snow. Right. Right. But because... no word for sand. <laughs> of course not. But yeah, of course you would have words for everything around you. And if you're, you know, if you were Inuit, uh, you would need to know, is it new snow? Is it old snow? Is it frozen slippery snow? Is it soft snow? Right. Mm-hmm. You need to know, does the snow have anything in it? Is it white snow? So you would need to know all of that. You can't just say it's snowing outside. You would say, is it the snow that I can walk in or the snow that I need to, you know, wait out? So yeah, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Um, but I think, I think language develops a lot faster than people think. And I also think that the reason why our planet doesn't have one language is because we are still in the development stage of how we communicate. And I believe in the grand scheme development stage of how we communicate is like a, a pager. It's a, it's an in-between technology. The spoken language we're using is something that if, if 
the human race continues on for another 10,000 years, we'll still be speaking to each other. If it continues on for another 100,000 years, spoken language will be a thing of the fat, a thing of the past, like a pager. That's my theory. I think you're right. I, I you know, you're asking the first part of your question was how, how many generations or however it would take. I think, I think that has been at an exponential growth pace, like the, the, like the, the Fibonacci sequence, right? How it kind of starts oh, sure. off small right, right, right. and then boom, and just sort of pops, right? Once the, the numbers get big. So like if you go to prehistoric or just, you know, medieval kind of times, you know, it, everything was real cellular, right? Like your communities, your village, your fiefdom, whatever the fuck it is. Like you, you yeah, stay there, yeah. you don't go very much anywhere else. So your language gets real regional. And you, you know, you go 20 miles in any direction and they have a completely different word for cow or for bird or squirrel or dirt. Well, yeah. And that's the interesting so, thing too. They say a manageable clan from back then was like between 100 and 200 people. Big enough to survive, small enough to be manageable. But... Mm -hmm. Trade was important. So if the next clan over had a different word for cow, you learn that word really quick. Yep. Because trade was necessary for survival. And after a couple generations, I think that the languages of the clans that are trading with each other would develop into one. Yeah. Well, that's what happens is that that next clan over, they've got slightly different words for slightly different things. You learn theirs, they learn yours, and then you both use both. And then you both sort of, it melds into the one, right? So now you've turned into one hybrid language between the two. And then that, so that keeps growing and moving. So now it, 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 tell me if I'm kind of wrong from your, from, from your logic here, but now that we've got you know, all the languages of the world, the main languages of the world, you know, English, Chinese, Spanish, German, yeah. whatever, whatever yeah. they are, right? Yeah, and, no, you're right. You're right about all those. It's the so, languages that the most people speak. So what winds up happening is now, I think what, what leads to that unified language thing again is the idea of a universal translator. So let's uh, say... Right. Let's say, you know, someone's, you know, Chinese, fluent in Chinese. They're from the first world. They're whatever, highly educated. I'm English. I have the same thing. And, you know, so we all sort of throw in, here's my word for that. Here's your word for that. So then we can communicate openly. The translator translates directly to you what you hear or to what you uh, uh, know as that word. And then what, what will grow from that is a more informational based and not the guttural based as the spoken word, but they're just sort of a, almost like a symbol or a noise or a, a, I don't know, a, 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 a binary sweet, a sequence that leads, right. that, yeah. That, yeah, that lets you, that means water, right? Like water is probably yeah. the most international, you know, universal word because. Right, right. It's one of the, one of the important, yeah. One of the important sign language things. So too. eventually it'll, we'll all, We'll all take all the languages that we all know that are all pretty flushed out with words for everything. So then you retrofit it backwards. Okay, so uh, water. Here's their their word, their word, their word, their word, their word. Boil it all together. So it just becomes the one unified concept. Yeah, you That's remember true. when we when we were kids that we're really trying to make Esperanza this world language mm -hmm. that everybody uh, everybody learned as like a second language. For travel and it never really took on you know and it was i but think it was so sort i kind of remember that yeah yeah but it was supposed to be this world language that they taught you know in all the schools it's like it's the stuff. metric system for words yes yes it was yeah um but it's uh but it's interesting i mean i you know i feel like we might have skipped uh how i got here because you and i have talked about this but it was it was one night i ordered a pizza and I ordered a pizza online and, you know, the pizza was made and delivered and there was no, there was no spoken word involved in the transaction. I didn't talk to anybody. The person that made the pizza more than likely didn't talk to anybody. It came up on their screen. They made it. The person that delivered the pizza more than likely didn't talk to anybody. My bank didn't speak to anybody to get my funds to pay whoever needed to get paid to for me to get the pizza. So it's a transaction that used to involve the spoken word that doesn't anymore. And I think that we're evolving in that. And when you, when you flesh that out way into the future, it makes sense that if a, a futuristic race were to visit our planet, that they wouldn't be speaking 
to one another to communicate, right? Yeah. Now oh, you and I, right? You and I are good friends. We've spent a lot of time together. If you and I were in a room together, say with a bunch of other comics at a showcase, you and I could communicate with one another from across the room without talking. Yeah. There are okay. quite a few things that we could say to each other. It's time to go. This person's driving me crazy. I need help. <laughs> Just with a facial expression, right? Yeah. And that's a pretty that's a pretty high level of communication. Imagine if you had that with a stranger. Imagine if, you know, and I think eventually we will get to that point where everybody, at least from the same generation, will have advanced nonverbal communication when they're in the same room together. Hyper advanced when they're not. I mean, we already have that through the internet, but uh-huh. like we don't do we don't do verbal deals anymore for our business. Somebody calls you on the phone and says, hey, John, I want you to perform at this place. I'm going to give you $1,500 to do 20 minutes. You're like, okay, good deal. The deal's not done until somebody sends you a contract. You read it. You sign it. You send it back. We, we need the printed part of that deal now. We don't really need the spoken part anymore. Hmm. And actually, you're right. Remember, you go into your idea that the spoken word would become more vulgar and less desired, low class. We already see it now in that example because someone can say a deal with you. And oh, then, yeah. And if then, I wanted to manipulate you or con you, I would have to speak to you. Right. And I can't like, do oh, that via email. Writing? Right. No, if it's in it writing, did. if we have a contract, I can't manipulate you. Wow. All right. You blew my mind. And I like that it all came from you being high as shit, ordering a pizza and realizing you didn't have to talk to do it. Yep. And that's, you know, and that's, uh, that was a, that was an interesting moment for me. It was a eye opening moment about that's... verbal communication. And it got scary because I thought verbal communication is what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Well, comedy is all based off of weird turns of phrase and things that are, you know, that click funny in your head. And those wouldn't always translate into different languages. No. And you and I both do pretty good with the written word, but it's not the same as when we're speaking. Mm-hmm. So wow. that's right. That's a world that I'm not sure that I want to live in. I think I lose my advantages in a world where speaking is considered vulgar or rude. You know, I believe in my daughter's future. All business transactions will be done by interpretive TikTok dances. Hmm. That's I could see that. That's a that's a yeah. interesting, complicated method of communication. Like like is, it's isn't it like also limited? Four, right. Can I say that again, Tom. Is it limited, limited to fifteen seconds? Uh, something like that. It's like like a minute now. I don't think that, that's more. Vine was the short one, which ah okay okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right now. You, you only have, you have what, 90 seconds, two minutes or whatever in an internet video length to communicate either a simple message or a complicated message. Oh, all right, my, all right, my mind's blown. I can always tell whenever I reach critical mass because I, my, my, uh, I just start rubbing the top of my head like it's getting too hot. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain melted, <laughs> brain melted. Well, well Tom, uh, let's put a pin in that. Folks, if you have thoughts on that, uh, I don't even know where you where you start, uh, but hit us up on uh, Twitter. It's uh, at after later a f t e r l the number eight the letter e r, and um, yeah, you, here's I'm, where you here, you're not on Twitter, so that's kind of strange now. No, but that yeah, I know I know um, because I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. But here's here's where you start. Here's where you start. I want to hear people's thoughts on the future of communication, whether or not verbal communication is always going to be part of that. And why? And uh, you know, I'd also like to hear uh, people's thoughts on how they believe numerous different languages developed on our planet. You know, and yeah. if if you believe it's uh, it's Tower of Babel, let us know. I'd, I'd be, you know, I'm curious about that. But that story was always uh, that story was always interesting to me because it is a punishment that we all speak different languages. Mm-hmm. And should we, be, all... should we be should we be wary about returning back to one language for fear of the Lord smiting us again? Well, just as long as we don't build any big buildings. 
Uh, well, spoiler alert, we are. Oh, man, you mean we messed that up again? Yeah, maybe. I think the whole going to Mars thing might piss him off, too. He's like, I left you very Every clear time. instructions not to come here. Every time we do something to affront the Lord, he gives us more languages. <laughs> I think. I think no matter what it all boils down to, Tom, we will always have our native tongue, and that is foul language. Yes, you know, foul language. Oh, it's, it's so useful. Well, it's like, uh, and I, I, I wish I could cite it, but I'd read something before about you know the the universal words, right? Like water, fire, uh, yeah. life. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the most universally understood and used words is "fuck." <laughs> yep. In all of its exactly. forms, not not the verb necessarily, is in "let's fuck," but just like as an exclamation, "fuck!" Like you say that anywhere in the world, they're gonna understand really clearly what's going on or at least your intention you and i uh we, we both worked with a lot of people on cruise ships where english was their second or uh, third language mm-hmm. but they were working in english and some of them came to cruise ships so that they could learn to speak english better with their job submerged in a job where they had to work in english and we've both communicated with people that have vocabulary, English vocabularies that are less than a thousand words. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. one of the first words that they learn is the word fuck. Mm-hmm. And they like it so much that they will use it in their own language. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've heard a Filipino guy angry on the phone uh, speaking in Tagalog, but with fuck, 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 fuck. But, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so the fuck's in yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah you true. know, and I was, are there words like that in other languages? What's the Spanish equivalent of that? What's a Spanish, it doesn't have to be a curse word, but a word that you will use in Spanish just because it works better than your English alternatives? I mean... It, or is there one? Is there one? I don't really know. I mean, fuck in Spanish, well, there's about, well, it depends which Spanish you speak and where you're at. They have different, you know. But I, I just mean to. like like the chingas, like the way the Filipino guy did, right? Mm-hmm. Are you ever speaking English and just dropping a Spanish word because that's the only word that you can use to describe this guy that you just ran into or, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think <laughs> of a good example. Pinche. It's, I it's, say pinche all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you might be speaking English. Yeah, you might be speaking English and be like Pinche Trevor or whatever. <laughs> Pinche Trevor. Right? Yeah, DJ Trevor. Pinche Trevor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> exactly. But people do that with the people do that with the word fuck all the time. But I also think that the word fuck isn't just in English. I think the word fuck sounds like the word fuck in some other romance languages as well. You know, I just think oh, yeah. it's you know, I think it fall. I think it's, oh, yeah. but it's it's super useful. It goes back to the ancient Latin, uh, fuckamos, fuckalora, <laughs> fuckarum, <laughs> fuck all of them. You know, it's fuck us, oh, fuck right, you, of fuck me, fuck the farmer, fuck uh, yeah. fucking fucking car. Oh yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Which will be funny because one day when when the when the aliens present themselves and they land on the on the lawn of the UN or the White House or wherever, <laughs> they're gonna come out and just like play the opening line of um, uh, House of Pain's "Jump Around." And, oh yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and then just go, "What the fuck." <laughs> well that would make sense if you've been monitoring our planet that would make sense as a greeting yeah. sup fuckers you know? <laughs> nice fucking rock you got here <laughs> uh, here's a tease I want to talk more about etymology or entomology or whatever the study of words is uh, on, a, on another episode for sure but oh, yeah. uh, there's, a, there's an interesting ancient aliens thing about the word dog and the dog star and the and the the history of the word dog in the English language is uh, it seems like it was always there. Oh, we have trouble we have trouble figuring out where a couple of words came from, and dog is one of them. And it's it's really interesting because it shows up in some other native tongues 
and it's connected to outer space. So it'd be it'd be interesting to talk about that on a future. Absolutely, episode, we'll put that in a future one. Yeah, you know what? We we pre-sold it earlier, so we better touch it before we go. Uh, what's up with Gobekli Tepe? Okay. Uh, well, we already kind of talked about it, but I think the timeline is much messed up. Gobekli Tepe is in Turkey. It's an archaeological site. It hasn't even been fully excavated excavated yet. I need to learn how to pronounce that word. Um, but there there are some uh, some pillars, some stone circles arranged, you know, in accordance with the stars. They are beautifully shaped and carved. They have decorations on them mostly animals and it's not like the cave sketch of an animal these are, it looks like the same artist's artistic interpretation and it's it's uh fine lines and curves of various animals right on these right. different these different stones at this at this archaeological site here's the thing that's super cool about it everybody agrees that it dates to between nine and 12,000 years ago, which, which means once again, we are talking about what we would supposedly pre-wheel, supposedly pre-domesticated animals. The thing about it, the way it looks, is it looks like it was built right after the Ice Age or the Flood, and it looks like it might be telling a Noah's Ark flood story to me. Oh, yeah. Interesting. A bunch of pillars with a bunch of different animals on them. And it looks like it might be, this is how we survived what just happened. And if it's that, that's cool. The other thing that it looks like is it really looks like the entrance to a zoo. <laughs> like, like a, a, as a kid, I remember going to the zoo and there'd be these big sort of pillars with, with representations of the different animals while you're walking in, you know? And that's how it is at Disney now, too. Now, once again, we're talking about before so domesticated animals. We're talking Epcot about... Center. Yeah. Yeah, man. But this site really messes with the timeline of science and development. And uh, I, 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 whenever something new comes out about Quebecly uh, Tepe, I get excited and I want to read the articles about it. You know, and, and it's another one of those places that was you know, completely buried by landslides and sand and mud and all that shit for, you know, millennia. No one ever looked. It was like a farmer digging hit a rock and just kept trying to dig the rock out and it kept going down and then he saw some sort of carving on it i mean i it, the go black go go beckley tepe which is a fucking horrible name to say that's that shit is it really it's it, it's it's hard to say it's just a pain in the ass anyway um yeah it it, it does change all that shit and you're absolutely right and it shows it depicts animals that weren't in that area you know, oh like, yeah, no, it depicts like, how the fuck yeah, did they it, have known about a jaguar or there was uh, some sort of crocodile on them that like yeah. well, where the fuck did they see that? And I, but also know, these aren't. Uh, I, I, I I was gonna say you look at them. It's interpretive. It's really well done interpretive art, which means at the very least there was a group of people who knew that one of them was the best artist. <laughs> and this guy, and seriously, and this no, guy right. was in charge of a big project. That's something that we didn't believe was happening between nine and 12,000 years ago. And obviously it was. Well, to, to, to bring this all together, Tom, I, my vision of the universe is not dictated so much uh, by the Bible or, you know, uh, Carl Sagan's, what, Brief History of Time? Was that his book? Yeah, his? yeah, yeah, sure. My my vision of the universe is way more uh, crafted and influenced by the work of Douglas Adams. Oh yeah, for sure. Guide to the galaxy, right? I picture. I just I I just I took like my wife world. to get her new car. I put a towel in my wife's new car because of Douglas Adams. That's smart. Because you need That's a towel smart. with you. you That's need a towel with you. You know, when we're working on ships and you get off in a weird port and a strange little, I'd always take a towel. Like a little hand yeah. towel, nothing else. It probably how many times that saves your shit. But so I, here's what I think. I think that the universe is highly populated with all kinds of crazy civilizations and people or, or whatever you'd call them, all sorts of life forms and technologies. And that, that we on earth, that we are like a no fly zone, like almost like a theme park, almost like oh, yeah. I got this, this, I had a little bit of an epiphany the other day playing video games with my kids playing Fortnite, yeah. and i feel like uh -huh. earth is like the island on Fortnite, 
where uh-huh. we are a weird science project uh, amusement park, weird little place for all the different uh, uh, cultures and whatever in and civilizations in the universe to come here, and they just sort of have like a, a weird playland where they try weird shit out. And when it when it doesn't work or it gets all weird, they just sort of scrub the whole fucking thing, let it sit idle for a while, and start over and try again. Because I think that kind of <laughs> half explains. I mean, we've got you know the Earth's history is millions and millions of years old. All the different ages, all the different animals and weird shit that grew up here and lived here and yada yada. And I feel like that's just kind of you know it 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 sprouts up stuff, things happen, uh, experiments are conducted. And then uh, uh, they, 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 just like Fortnite, they, they shut it down, they reprogram it, and it comes back with a new season with similar stuff, but new stuff and the old stuff's gone. And there's little hints of it here and there. And, you know, the people who are stuck here just have to kind of, you know, the, the, the native earth people, which is just like a theme park employee, right? We right. just have to try to figure out kind of, I, I don't know, that, that just... I don't have what you just fleshed out. What what you just what you just laid out is actually pretty biblical. Yeah. When you yeah. talk about when you talk about the the creator, and this is very ancient aliens, but any any technology that's super advanced is going to seem godlike to us. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the the godlike technology deciding to scrub the earth, shut it down, and start over. You're talking about the biblical flood myth. Yeah. God's frustrated with the planet. Well, let's do a little scrubbing where only a couple things are going to survive. Start over. Start over. Yeah. And, like, and, like and a, our planet, uh... our planet has a cycle of ice ages. Flood the flood and the ice age are the same thing, basically. And it yeah. seems like every, you know, 15 to 30,000 years, there's another one. There's another shutdown. And you're right. That could be just restarting the program. Just, you know, re- ah, it's gotten yeah. out of hand. Let's clean it up again so we can so we can hang out there. It's like a uh, intergalactic wildlife preserve. Like, yes. um, imagine if the rest of the galaxy, universe, whatever, uh, is is almost like Star Wars, right? Like, what's the planet? Coruscant, the capital planet. Yeah, right. yeah, the they're whole, all they're the all communicating with big, each other. Sure. Well, but it was like an all it was like an all big it was like a big city, and everything has just been developed and and advanced and shit like that. And they're like, man, if only we had a, a nice park we could go to. And they're like, oh shit, you haven't <laughs> been to Earth <laughs> or whatever it is they call us, right? <laughs> so, oh, you gotta yeah. go check out Earth, man. They have green shit everywhere. You can just wander around, yeah. fucked up animals yeah, and weird ass people. Oh, if you want to feel like a god? Here's what you do. You just fly into this weird ass temple with the helmet on, and they're all, they're going to be just blown away. You just do some simple tricks. They're going to yeah, you know, it's like it's weird. It's, I don't know. It's weird how that <laughs> how, I like, how I, that I, happens. I like I like this idea, John. I like this idea that the Earth is sort of a sort of a weird uh, playground. Yeah, uh, it would make sense. You know. I, I have a theory about if, if there's a bunch of intelligent life out there, they're all communicating with each other, you know, and waiting for us to be advanced enough or appropriate enough to let us know that they're there and that we're part of them. Uh, when we sent that Voyager, those Voyager probes out and we put that gold record on them in the 90s in case other intelligent life found it. Uh, my theory is as soon as we intentionally send a message out there, they're advanced enough that they know what that message says. Yeah, they've already received it. Plus, they can probably manipulate time. And they share it with everybody else. Like, this is what Earth is trying to say. This is, this is how far along they, they are. And, uh, you know, we put, uh, you know, now we're, now we're doing some of my act, but uh, just as conversation, we put, you know, the first movement of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony on there, which is beautiful classical music, but has no message. What does it mean? Beethoven said it might be about war, but he was trying to blow off one of his biographers at the time. It's just music, <laughs> right? Yeah. If, if that landed, if that record landed on the planet, we would have NASA scientists whose job it was to decipher the message. There is no message. That's that's truth. Right after that, there's 90, I think 91 children all recorded saying hello in languages. So we have the word hello in 91 different languages spoken by children, right? Yeah, why did we do that? 
That's like you ever and then we fight? have Someone then we have Da Vinci's the Vitruvian Man. Then we have Da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, which is a, a an accurate drawing of a naked man to show the proportions and geometry. So we sent an unsolicited dick pic. <laughs> That's our first attempt to communicate with aliens: is us sending an unsolicited dick pic. And uh, if if that wasn't creepy enough, here's how to say hello to all the children of the world. Yeah. And here's some classical music that means nothing. Now imagine knowing all that, that you're the scientists on the other planet that this crashes into, right? Say you're on another intelligent planet, Voyager crashes down, you're the communications specialist. John, it is your job to decipher this Voyager and you work on it and you go back to your superiors and say, yeah, that first nine minutes, that's just a song. It means nothing. <laughs> And then the next, the next 20 minutes, that's just the word hello 91 times in different languages. You would be fired or killed immediately. Right. Be like, <laughs> you have used our resources to bring us this nothing? Oh, and this, that's a, that's a picture of them naked. That's what that is. But only <laughs> half a, of them. <laughs> only, only half of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is gold-plated patriarchy, baby. We just sent it out. Yep. So I think until we send out, until we intentionally send out a way more interesting message, the aliens are the ones that do come visit here are going to be the freaks. <laughs> you know, they're going to be the weird ones, and they're not going to want to know. They're not going to want anybody to know that they came to Earth, that they came to this little playground, because it's uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like going to the adult bookstore. You know, they park around back. They don't want anybody yeah. to know. That's true, but it's always. Uh, conveniently located on the side of the freeway. So while you're passing through, come stop into work earth, have a wank. <laughs> we got lots of water. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've reached a, uh, this would be where we normally if we're hanging out. We'd sit quietly for a minute, digest everything we said, and then smoke another bowl and start on a, on a yeah. new topic. Something so. interesting just occurred to me real quick before you wrap up. Okay. Uh, the fact that we sent the word hello in 91 different languages really tells them how primitive we still are. Because we were yeah. talking about language. They're like, these guys don't even have one language? Yeah. Oh, they're not ready. They're not ready to be part of the Federation. <laughs> they still have a bunch of different languages on their planet. They must have built a Tower of Babel or something. <laughs> What did they do? What did they do to anger the creator gods? Why are why are they why are they saying hello? Okay, I'm sorry. I just yeah. to no, no, out. I like it. I, I think I, you know we another thing we've talked about before is I, I feel like uh, like you said we we uh, adapted to where we had space travel. We shoot a message out. You know, we're trying to we go to we've gone to the moon. We're going to Mars. We send robots out. At some point, they're gonna be like, all right, good job, you guys graduated. Uh, hop in the big ships we're going to take you to the international community and then you know they they get all of us off of earth or whoever wants to go and then they wipe it clean and say all right let's see how the octopus uh does now <laughs> and give them about oh, five man. million years to kind of you know let's see let's see how they grow all the way up graduate and ask ask to leave and then we come pick them up and i mean dude you know one of the aliens that people always seem to see is the reptilians right Oh yeah! Well, oh yeah! The lizard people. Yeah. Couldn't that have been in the age of the dinosaur, and that was the dominant species that evolved and 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 created technology and found their way off? They went, "Oh, good, good job, lizard folk. Get on the boat. You're you're fucking coming with us. We got a great, you know." And then they wiped it. <laughs> that and would then, make right, that would make perfect sense. That or also the uh, you know the uh, the meteor that smacked into Earth when we were littered with reptilians. Mm -hmm. shot you know chunks of dna in all directions 220 second something million years ago yeah which is plenty of time for some of that dna to crash into another planet and for intelligent lizard people to evolve from it yeah come visit here it's still you know 150 million years ago right yeah that's crazy all right we, all right, yeah. we, gotta, st we gotta stop or we'll we'll just keep i know going. i know keep and going. you and you teased talking about the octopus future during the fade out of this episode. So we're going to have to get back to the octopus at some point. All right. Next, next time we'll talk a little bit about octopuses and maybe I we'll think we could octopi an entire episode. <laughs> <laughs>
And that episode will be called Octopi Wall Street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's good, John. That's good. Thanks again to my best friend and new co-host, Tommy Drake. We'll be back uh, next week with uh, another episode. Might just be me and him again, or we might uh, bring in a guest or two. If you'd like to be a guest on the After Later podcast, hit us up on Twitter. It's the best way to reach me. Um, After Later. A-F-T-E-R-L, the number eight, the letter E-R. Hey, I want to spend a special shout out and thanks to the fine people at the Helium Podcast Network. Yes, we're still a part of that, I guess. Um, do me a favor, go to heliumpresents.com slash after dash later. Just the regular word, no numbers this time. And uh, let them know that we're still here. All right? Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>